This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Highfield, lead pastor here at Grace River Church. Thank you so much for watching online at home today. Today we kick off a brand new series called Sand. Uh, what are you building your life on? And so man, my hope and, and my prayer for you is that you're able to take a next step as you meet, know, and follow Jesus through this message. And so uh, if you want to follow along with me, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. But before we jump into that, I want to remind you that uh, it's small group sign up is happening right here at Grace River Church right now. Uh, this is a great way for you to take a next step on your spiritual journey. You know, I can inspire you in a row, but life change happens in a circle. And so, man, my hope is, is that you would join a small group. You can learn more about small groups by going to our website at graceriver.cc forward slash small groups. I'd love for you to sign up and get connected in a group. Like I mentioned, man, we can inspire you in a row, but life change really happens in a circle. And so, uh, man, you can come to church or you can listen online and be inspired. But what's really important is that you get connected with a, with a group of Christians uh, that are on the same journey that you're on. And so, man, I've never taken a spiritual step alone. I've always done it in the context of other people. And so I want to encourage you to get signed up for a group. We have groups nearly every night of the week. I think we have 12 or 13 different groups meeting throughout this semester. They're 13 weeks long. And so uh, it's not like a lifetime commitment that you're signing up for. I hope that you join a group. This is going to be a great thing for you on your journey. And so, uh, again, we're starting a brand new series today, and I'm really excited about it. It's actually nestled in Matthew chapter 7, uh, and it's, it's uh, the last part of what is a famous sermon that Jesus gives called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, but before I get to that and reading that passage to you, I'm just going to ask you a quick question. Have you ever struggled trusting God? Has that ever been a struggle for you? Ever had a season in your life uh, or a moment in your life, a decision in your life where you really struggled in, God, can I trust you? And my hope, my, I, I know this, if you're honest, uh, we've all had that moment. All had that moment of not understanding fully why something happened. We all had that moment where something didn't feel like it was fair. Uh, and we struggle in that moment going, God, do I trust you? And I want you to know, if you're going to build your life on a firm foundation, if you're going to build your life centered around the person of Jesus, you're going to have to trust him, uh, even with areas of your life that you don't fully understand. But let's dive into this passage. Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be today. Uh, and this is where we're going to be for the next really three weeks as we talk about this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. This is, again, Jesus talking, and he's talking about listening to his teachings is a wise person, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. I'm not a builder, but I know this, a foundation of a building is super important, right? And so uh, you may not have a construction background or a building background, but we know this, building on a solid foundation is really important. And notice this in verse 25, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. Foundation is everything. And here's the reality. The storms of life are coming. Notice this in verse 25. Though the rain comes, though the winds blow, like it's coming. And I want you to know, no one lives a problem-free life, right? No one lives this akuna matata life, that, right? A worry-free, problem-free, philosophy-free life. We all have struggles. The question is, is when the struggles come, when the difficulty comes, uh, when the problem comes, what is your house built on? Then in verse 26, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Oh, this is difficult. So you, you hear the words of Jesus, but you don't follow the words of Jesus. It's like a person who builds a house on sand. Now, building material is important. You either build it on rock or you build it on sand, Jesus is saying. 
Uh, and notice what happens whenever a house is built on sand or a person's foundation is built on sand. It's metaphorically speaking here, verse 27. When the rain and the floods come. Now notice this again, when. Because the storms of life are coming. The difficult season is coming. The problem that you didn't foresee being a problem becomes a problem. When the rain and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So according to this teaching, Jesus really gives us two options in life. Option A is build your life on him, build your life on Jesus, or option B is build your life on you. And so my question today is this, is who will you build your life on? On yourself or on him? And I'll just tell you from my own personal experiences, when I build my, my life on myself, it, it always goes bad. When I build my life on what I think is right, it always goes bad. But when I build my life on him, on that firm foundation, I have so much more clarity. I have so much more purpose. I have so much more freedom in life. And that's the kind of life that I would love for you to have, is to be the kind of person that says, man, I'm going to build my life on him. But this requires something. Building your life on Jesus, it ultimately requires faith. I mean, and, and faith is really me setting aside my pride, uh, me setting aside fairness, what I think is fair, and just saying, God, I trust you. Faith really is trusting without fully understanding. There are parts of God that you and I on this side of heaven will never understand. And that is so difficult for all of us, especially those of us that are analytical thinkers. You want to have all of your questions answered and you want them answered right now. And I want you to know faith requires trusting God even when you don't understand. And I'm, we're not saying a blind faith. I mean, you know, we're not saying just completely like there's just like, there's no room for you to be intelligent. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying check your brains at the door. We're just saying this, man. If you're waiting for all of your questions to be answered in life, you'll wait an entire lifetime. Um, life makes way more sense with God than without him. We're actually going to take a look at a story in Luke chapter 7 today of uh, a person that was in a powerful position that laid his pride aside and acknowledged that he had to trust Jesus. And this is the kind of firm foundation that it takes uh, to live life with. And so, I, in fact, you know, over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 7 a lot, uh, Matthew 7, but also Luke 7. Uh, and in every one of these stories in Luke chapter 7, you see a picture of someone that, is, that realizes that, that, that they're bankrupt without God, realizes that they're helpless without God. And to say, man, God, I'm going to build my foundation on you. So let's dive into this, Luke chapter 7, verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum, at that time, the highly, uh, a highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick near death. Now, so Jesus is on the move, uh, and he finds out about a story of a Roman officer slave uh, that was sick near death. Now, it's important to understand this. Uh, it was a Roman officer. This officer more than likely would have had 100 soldiers underneath him. And Jews and Romans didn't get along because uh, Roman, you know, Rome, the empire of Rome, uh, was basically, you know, put in charge. They were people that were Jewish were living under Roman authority. And so because of that, they didn't have a lot of friendship. But what's really interesting about this particular Roman general, uh, Roman officer, is that for whatever reason, he's friendly to this Jewish culture. For whatever reason, this particular Roman officer had a friendship with the Jews in this community. And so it's kind of interesting uh, because we see in verse three a little bit more about what's happening here. He, he had a slave in verse two uh, that was near death. And so this Roman officer has a slave that's near death. And there's some kind of endearment to this slave because he wants this slave to be healed. He, there's something here 
where it's not the average relationship. And he realizes the only person that can heal this guy, his slave, is Jesus. Then in verse 3, when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. And so, again, the Roman officer that has power, he has prestige, he has fame, he's, he's got a career for himself, he hears about Jesus. And so, and as he hears about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to come and heal the slave. And so, he, 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 like I mentioned before, he had a relationship with the Jewish elders, with these, the, the leaders of the synagogue. We're going to find out more about that in a second. And so he sends a delegation of these people to go talk to Jesus for him. And so they go off to do that. So they earnestly beg Jesus to help the man. So there's something here where they're like, hey, okay, Jesus, like we, we want you to come and heal the slave of this general. If anyone deserves your help, he does. This, is, this speaks to fairness, right? Um, because sometimes in life things aren't fair, but we see this. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. He's ta they're talking about this Roman uh, officer that is very friendly to this Jewish community. He says, man, if he, they're saying this to Jesus. If anyone deserves this, it's this guy. And I want to speak to this just for a quick second because I think it's important. A lot of times we live in a world where we want everything to be fair. Like for me, I hate waiting in lines. It's like one of the most annoying things in life for me. I don't like waiting uh, in traffic. I don't like waiting in the grocery store line. And if you're with me, I think you understand that. Like most of us don't enjoy just sitting around waiting for something. I fly Southwest Airlines, which just simply means my whole, my whole travel schedule is usually just waiting in a line. I feel like I'm like cattle or something, you know. But what's really important here, like for me, when I'm in line is I want things to be fair. Like if someone cuts in front of us in line, we're usually a little ticked off. In fact, I have a daughter who's in middle school and I drive her to school every morning and there, there's a, a line of parents uh, and sometimes in the parking lot, because there's nobody out policing this line, there's not a teacher or a principal or an assistant principal that's out waving us as parents on. And so what sometimes happens at this middle school car lane is sometimes the lane, the one lane will go into two lanes. And that's when things get confusing because as parents, we have to decide who, whose turn is it next whenever it goes into two lanes, right? And often this happens a lot of mornings, someone will cut me off. And it's one of those moments in my life where I just go, hey, that's not fair. I've been waiting in line longer than this person. And here's what I want you to understand. Life itself isn't fair. And it's one of the reasons that we sometimes don't trust God. It's one of the reasons that we don't build our life on foundation, on the foundation of Jesus, is because sometimes we want to we say, man, we, we deserve this, right? We, we, God, you owe me this. And I want you to know God doesn't owe you anything. And what we, what we oftentimes want is fairness. But when we think about what happened on the cross, that wasn't fair at all, right? Like we want fairness as long as it, benefits us. But there was an innocent man who went to a cross for our sins. And man, there, there's nothing fair about that. That wasn't about fairness. What that was really about was about God being just and God bringing justice to us by sending his only son to come and die for us. But all that to say, what's really important is, is that trust starts, building my life on him starts when I realize that I need Jesus, that life isn't fair. And this this Roman officer, when he heard about Jesus, knew that he needed Jesus to help heal his slave. But I wonder today, man, how far have you gotten in life and never really realized that you need Jesus? 
And my hope today is that no matter how successful you are, no matter how much fame you may have or money you may have or status that you may have, that you would realize that without Jesus, all of that is empty. It's important that we each start by going, okay, I have to realize that I have a need in my life, that in all my good works and all my efforts, it will, that will never be fulfilled, that I ultimately need him. So building my life on faith, on Jesus, really starts with me realizing that I, I have a need, and that need is for Jesus. It's only him that can fill uh, the emptiness in my heart. And so that's the first thing we have to realize. The second thing is we have to stop keeping score and acknowledge that we aren't worthy. Like we have to come to a place, again, uh, the, the, the elders came to Jesus and said, man, if there's anybody that deserves this, it's this guy. But what's interesting, because there's a little course correction that happens in verse 6. So Jesus went with them. He went with the elders. And, but, but just before they arrived at the house, so you can almost picture it like this, like they're, they're almost to the house uh, where this slave is at. The officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home. For I'm not worthy of such an honor. I don't know if this guy's house was messy or what the situation was, but he sends messengers out to talk to Jesus and say, hey, I'm not worthy of you coming into my home. And in fact, he even doubles down on it in verse 7. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you're at and my servant will be healed. Man, there is a level of trust and a level of faith that this Roman officer has that he recognizes he's not Jewish right? Uh, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't believe in the Old Testament, but he still has this level of trust with Jesus that's pretty remarkable. And he just says, just say the word. Like, I'm not worthy and you can do this, right? And here's the thing, when it comes to trust, uh, it simply means that I'm going to trust in his authority, not my authority. And this guy understood this. In fact, the, the, the Roman officer gets this concept of authority because he says this, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, so he, he recognizes there's some kind of a chain of command here. And he goes, uh, and I have authority over my soldiers. I said it before, but he would have had about 100 soldiers underneath him. I only need to say, go and they go, or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And this may all sound pretty prideful, but essentially he's actually setting his pride aside because he's recognizing I don't have the power to heal this slave, but you do. He's essentially saying, Jesus, you have the authority to do this. Have your will, have your way. And I wonder, man, would we be bold enough or courageous enough with our faith to say the same thing? That maybe there's an area of your life that you've held on to for far too long that you haven't given the authority of Jesus in. And maybe today's the day that you go, you know what? Just say the word. Jesus, just say the word. It's yours. But then in verse 9, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. I mean, think of it like this for a second. What in the world could you and I ever do in our entire lifetime that would amaze Jesus? We'll circle back to that in a second. But turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. I mean, this is a bit of a dig that Jesus is giving the Jewish people here because he's saying this Roman officer has more faith than what I have seen in all of Israel. Jesus is amazed by this. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. All that it took was Jesus saying a word and the slave was healed. But the backstory is this 
This Roman officer lived by faith, just saying, hey, Jesus, you have authority. And so two things really amaze Jesus in the New Testament. The first thing is people who lack faith. In fact, the thing that he got onto his disciples about was not being late to stuff. Uh, the thing that he got onto his disciples about was not about them arguing among each other. The thing that he got onto the disciples about was their lack of faith. In fact, Jesus even goes to his hometown in Mark chapter 6, and he's able to do just very little there because those people lacked faith. But the one thing that Jesus got excited about, the one thing that he was amazed with, was people with great faith. And it was this, this Roman officer that he says, I have not seen faith like this in all of Israel. Man, listen to me. If you are going to build your life, not on your own self, not on your own power, your own ability, your own intellect, but if you're going to build your life on faith, it's going to require you setting all of your pride aside. This Roman officer had money, he had power, he had fame, but he realizes he had to set all that aside to say, I've got faith in this person, Jesus. Faith is understand. Faith is trusting uh, without fully understanding. And so I wonder today, would you be willing to do that? Like, I got to believe this, that there are things in your life today that you don't fully understand. You know, heartache that you're going through, difficulties, a heartache in a relationship, something happening at work. Maybe it's something financially for you that you're just struggling through. And here's what I want you to know. Would you be willing to say, Jesus, just say the word that this problem is yours, that I'm trusting you with it, that instead of carrying it yourself, that you'd be like this Roman officer that says, I'm going to hear the words of Jesus and trust the words of Jesus, and I'm going to build my life on that rock. I'm going to build my life on that foundation, not on myself. Because here's what I know about me, and here's also what I, what I know about you, is that our tendency, we have a bad habit of building our life on our own ability, on our own wealth, on our own talent, and we're really resistant because of our pride to say, God, I'm just going to trust you with this. So here's some next steps for you to think and pray about and consider today. Would you decide this? What is it that you're going to build your life on? Like, would you just decide, I'm going to build my life on this solid, firm foundation of the person of Jesus, not myself? And I think that's a, a really big moment for each of us that we would say, I'm not building this on me any longer. I'm building my life on him. Uh, and, or, and then also, what area of your life will you give to him that you've, that you've held on for far too long? What area of your life have you said, God, I'm not going to give you the authority in this area, but today I'm trusting you with it. Today and from this day on, it's almost like a, you're drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm done building my life on my emotions. I'm done building my life on my feelings. I'm done building my life on the perception of others, and instead I'm going to build my life on this firm foundation. What area of your life have you been holding on to for far too long that you just need to say, Jesus, you have the authority in this area of my life, in all of my life? So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? I just want to say a quick word of prayer for you that you would have the courage to take one of these next steps. Father, I'm thankful for every friend that watched online today, and I pray that, that each one of us God, would decide what we're going to build our lives on. God, that we wouldn't uh, be like the foolish person who hears your words and goes on to do whatever else is that we were doing, trusting in ourselves, not in you. But God, I pray that we'd be like the wise builder who built our, our house on a firm foundation. So God, today, I, I pray that we would give you authority over every area of our lives, that we'd be reminded that you are the authority over everything. Father, we're grateful 
that we can know you. And God, I'm grateful that life makes way more sense with you than without you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all of this. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.